everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Ecom Elevated. I'm your host, Pete from Soapbox. We made this show for listeners like you and mine who are looking to grow, build, and succeed in the e-commerce industry. However, this landscape is consistently changing with new players, ideas, and business models being introduced daily, which at times can be a lot to manage. That's why we sit down with industry leaders to discuss their tips for success, reveal their secrets of the trade, and so much more, which you can use to elevate your business above the competition. Welcome, and I really hope you enjoy the show. We all have challenges and setbacks that we overcome on a daily basis. However, there's one we face at multiple points in our professional career, and it alone will determine whether or not we're ready to take that next step in our own personal growth. And that's our own self-doubt. We can all agree this is something we deal with from time to time. And self-doubt, if left unchecked, can become a huge demotivator and just really spiral rapidly out of control. Our next guest has been no stranger to self-doubt, and he's here to share some words of advice on how we can better manage this plague that haunts so many of us. Please welcome the founder and CEO of Stick It Charge, Jackson Weinrad. How are you doing today, Jackson? Doing well. Thank you for uh, having me, Pete. I'm excited to uh, talk with you today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is such an important topic. Don't you agree? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, you know, being a, being a young entrepreneur, I, I, I like uh, coming on, being able to share my story and just kind of, you know, talk things through. Yeah. And we've all felt fallen victim to self-doubt from time to time. But before we get into this heavy topic, I want to talk a little bit about of your brand and really what is Stick It Charge? And when did you get started? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Stick It, uh, in terms of the product, it's a small, portable wireless phone charger. Um, it simply just, you know, adheres or sticks to the back of your phone or phone case. So it kind of just provides a uh, convenient charge, you know, anywhere at any time, gives you about up to a 50% charge for usage. And we made it so it's rechargeable. Uh, so, you know, you can uh, reuse it and you don't really have to worry about the stick fading away because it comes with a cover of the you know, help protect that. And uh, the idea initially formulated, uh, crazy enough, when I was uh, at the end of my freshman year uh, at Indiana University. So I was uh, 19 years old at the time. Uh, and uh, yeah, and that's when the, the idea came to be. And, uh, you know, just kind of started plugging away and then, and, you know, here we are today. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you were 19 in college at the time. That's phenomenal. I mean, me, myself at 19, I I was just trying to find a job, right? <laughs> You're on a whole nother level thinking way past your years at this point. Tell us a little bit about your journey while you were in school and how the idea actually came to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, it is funny. I think that this truly was an idea that was ahead of its time. Uh, you know, when I, I say we, when we thought of this idea, because I did have a co-founder from uh, Indiana who I went to school with. And when we thought of this idea, like, iPhones weren't even um, wireless charging compatible. So we were ahead of even like iPhones even, iPhones even be, being able to support this. And so when we first started plugging away at it, we were creating a business model for strictly for Androids. And it's just kind of funny because obviously like in today's market, we cater to, you know, iPhones, like that's the smartphone dominated market. Um, and it's just so funny to see how times have changed. Um, but, you know, again, we thought of it at the end of our freshman year, um, and, you know, just started kind of plugging away. And I think that the aha moment for us was like, you know, we thought of this idea and a week later, we pitched it to this, uh, engineering student who bought it right away and was like super excited about it. Um, and for us, that was just like, okay, like, let's, let's actually do this. Let's go for it. Um, and then, you know, lo and behold, you know, we're 
kind of we're students, but we're also working on this idea, um, just kind of being entrepreneurial about it, talking with as many uh, resources that we were able to gather at the time, whether those were professors of ours or, you know, uh, uh, utilizing uh, our business school resources, just, you know, whatever we could do. Um, and then, you know, obviously uh, this idea extended past graduation, but it was pretty cool to, you know, be a student, but then also be uh, an entrepreneur at the same time. Yeah. And I have to give you some props here because I can only imagine how difficult this was, right? You have a number of distractions you face daily when you're at school. You know, we won't name those partying, things like that. And, <laughs> and not to mention the endless words of advice, right? You were talking about it. You, you talk to your teachers, you talk to your fellow students and everybody has some type of input when it comes to your idea. And how did, how did you manage those? Cause I can't, I can only imagine it's not always the most positive feedback. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Um, you, you don't always get everyone to love your idea, unfortunately. Um, yeah. but I think that it is, it is the, uh, let's call it constructive criticism that helps shape your idea, um, yes. in the best way possible. And so I think there are two types of people. There are those who actually do give constructive criticism with your best intentions in mind. And there are others who just want to hate on you and your idea. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, don't want to see you succeed. And that's fine too. Um, it, you know, you gotta, gotta be able to, uh, play the field and, and anticipate, you know, what type of person you might be talking to, but ultimately as an entrepreneur, you know, you need to kind of keep your eyes on, you know, what your goal is, um, where you want to get to and, you know, along the way, kind of use the advice that you get, uh, from various people, whether it be a friend, um, someone in your family or, you know, a teacher, um, you know, again, it's, it's, you, you meet a lot of interesting people along the way. You meet a lot of people with some interesting thoughts. And, you know, like you said, uh, sometimes it's not always going to be what you want to hear, but I think that it's really about, um, you know, kind of taking the advice with the most optimistic approach, um, to kind of keep pushing forward on, you know, what it is that you are passionate about and, you know, pursuing this, this idea. Definitely. And with so much certainty out there, right? It, entrepreneurs tend to you know, gravitate towards other entrepreneurs and it's just because you know, everybody's like-minded individuals. So how do you choose the correct people to surround yourself with? You went from school to, you know, a way into your own professional, you know, development and your own business and brand. You went from zero to a hundred really quick. How did you really like find out if these people were there for you or, you know, were there for themselves? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing when it comes to that is, uh, it's not about them believing in the product. Uh, it's really about them believing in you. Um, so when you're able to meet somebody who it's like, yeah, you know what, this is a cool product, but more accordingly, like I, I would invest in Jackson, you know, I would invest, I would invest in Sikature, but it's you who I believe in. And so there are many people like that when you can be passionate as an entrepreneur and pitch your idea. Um, and when you get those types of people, those are the people you need to keep in your corner. And honestly, a specific example of this, um, you know, my brother had connected me, uh, to someone, you know, back when I was probably like in my sophomore year of college. So I'm still early on with the idea. And he just like, like I said, like it was less about sticking. It was more about, he just took such a liking to me. Um, and we just, you know, really then just kind of took, didn't never have any sort of equity or anything like that and stick it, but took this almost like, um, ownership in it. And was so supportive of me every step of the way was just like open for me. Like I could call him at any time when an issue came up. Um, and it's really people like that who are rare, but when you do come across them, like you need to keep them in your corner because 
those are the, you know, those are the people through good and the bad, like they're going to be there for you. And, you know, they're going to help you uh, kind of problem solve at any step of the way. Yeah. And you actually touched on it. And I think I have, I have a motto in my life and I think this really like projects on what we're talking about here. And in this world, I found that, you know, there's people that enter our lives really can categorize into two different types, right? Uh, they're either going to be a lifter, you know, someone who motivates us and pushes us to achieve our dream. And then those that are going to be draggers, someone who's only going to cast out and really can cause us to change our own self ambitions. And you being at 19, man, you're such a malleable age at that time. I am really so, you know, astonished that you were able to push through all that negativity and find a really good mentor to, you know, back you up as you go through your journey. Um, now. Do you, do you have any like suggestions on what people should do to find that type of mentor or any areas that they should be looking to find someone like that? Yeah. And I mean, unfortunately there's no, uh, resource out there that exists that says, this is just a list of, of good people, you know, connect with them and they're going to support you. Um, I think what it is, is just being curious and being, you know, kind of eager to kind of pitch your idea and get feedback because you may pitch it to 20 people and. Uh, 19 out of those 20 people are going to be, uh, draggers or drifters, as you might've said. Uh, but that is going to be that one person who's like the diamond in the rough and they're going to be a huge supporter of you, a huge supporter of your idea. Um, and they're going to be people who are, you know, they're going to, you know, be in your corner for as long as, you know, you want to keep running out this idea. So I would say, you know, always be curious, always be asking questions and always be pitching yourself and your idea. And like, that's really the best way that you're going to come across, uh, you know, those good sites of people because. To be totally honest with you, if I just stuck to my friend group pitching the idea, I probably wouldn't have kept going uh, with this with with Sicket. Because um, honestly, my friends were, you know, I, and to this day, I have friends who I still consider good friends, but a lot of them were not super supportive about Sicket. Thought I was crazy. You know, we're in college at the time, so maybe uh, being an entrepreneur and going that route versus you know the traditional get an internship and um, you know get this certain job working in this field after school. Maybe I was breaking the mold, so they just weren't too receptive to that, and that's fine. Um, but again, it's got to get sometimes outside your comfort zone, outside your circle to find uh, the people who are valuable and that you want to keep around. Yeah, and and that actually translates over into wanting your own brand, right? And this really pushes into your third tip here, and that's thinking outside the box. You, you know, you're you're trying not to be so cookie cutter, and you're trying to you know do something new. And this is huge, right? When it comes to creating your own brand, but even more important when you're trying to stay ahead of your, your competitors, you know, tell us how, you know, thinking outside the box has helped stick it, stay, you know, successful over these last couple of years and, you know, continue to be successful in its future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, the first, the first, uh, way we started thinking outside the box was, you know, our original idea was for Sticket to be a one-time use credit card size phone charger that would just stick to the back of your phone. You got to charge, peel it off, throw it out. Quickly realized for many reasons, and I still think to this day that's not possible, that specific idea. Um, and so we had to pivot, you know, we had to get creative. We had to think outside the box and that's, you know, through R&D, through iterations, we came to, you know, the product that is today where it's, you know, maybe a little bigger than a credit card, but it's still convenient size. Um, it's rechargeable. Initially, we're thinking it was a one-time use. So, you know, we got creative and we, you know, rebranded the product and came to a product that is today. Um, and then once you actually have that product, now you have to start thinking outside the box of how you're going to sell that product. <laughs> um, yeah. I think a lot of, 
a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, when they're starting out, are really excited about you know their product, and even more excited when you're in that phase of you know we're ju- we're we're just about ready to hit the market. Like you know, there's no way this can't work. You're like it's going to be successful, and you just think that you know sales are going to magically come in because you know you know it's it's time. Like people, you know, even you're paying for Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, all these ads. I uh, put it on Amazon, like you're just going to get sales. And to be honest with you, I was in that position too, where I was like, you know, probably uh, going to be successful as soon as we hit the market and we were paying a decent amount for advertising leading up to that launch. Long story short, we obviously weren't too successful when we initially launched. And it was like, okay, now we need to pivot again and, and think outside of the box, okay? People aren't just coming to us on Instagram. People aren't just coming to us on Amazon. It's not this like thing that happens overnight. And so that's when, you know, I kind of started approaching a different angle to it and went like a more wholesale route. So I went to various catalogs and said, Hey, you know, I'm Jackson, founder of Stick It, would love to get into, you know, your catalog. And, you know, they would operate like a dropship model where maybe their clients are buying it for $25 a unit. They're buying it from us for, you know, $15, $16. So we're giving them, you know, like a 40% markup. And that model really worked. And there's so many companies like that, um, that kind of act as like a middleman and they have these existing marketplaces. So it just made sense to tap into them. And it was up to, you know, me to kind of like realize that and just kind of, you know, put my creative hat on, put my sales hat on, reach out to them directly and, you know, get sticking in front of them. And, you know, we had huge success going, uh, going that, going that route. Yeah. And, and it's huge. I mean, like I'm talking before pivoting is, is essential when it comes to a business, especially a startup. I think we all put our, put all eggs in our basket, in one basket when it comes to opening our business, right? We put everything into plan A and it's always going to succeed. And it's, it comes to the point where if plan A doesn't succeed, it's okay. We, we understand that it's not going to work all the time, but it's important to continue to, to, you know, grow and, you know, continue to mold your product for it's, you know, for it to sell and for it to actually hit, you know, your customer's market. Um, what are some things that you looked at when it wasn't selling that gave you the idea of going that wholesale route and, you know, can help our listeners do that as well? Yeah. So, I mean, again, like what it wasn't selling just, you know, by being on our website, um, and that's what really prompted me to try to find new avenues. So it was really what, what sparked this kind of like wholesale, um, aha moment for me was specifically I had, um, you know, a, one of my brother's friends worked for one of these like corporate gifting companies. So essentially the corporate gifting model is, uh, these gifting platforms lifts various products and various pricing tiers. And then these corporate, uh, clients give their employees gift credits to go in and buy gifts. So we started by getting, you know, listed in their catalog. And then when we saw that instant success, that's when I was like, okay, who are all your competitors? Um, and so I got, you know, my list of competitors from my brother's friend reached out to all of them, did obviously my own research as well. And it got to the point where I wasn't even thinking about, um, like a, a direct to consumer sit like sales process anymore. Like I was so focused on wholesale because of the opportunity that was there. Um, and it really made me realize how there's just so much up, like so much business to be had outside of, you know, the traditional Amazon or, you know, social media marketing. And that's where I really put my focus and energy. I think my partner, stayed a little more focused on, you know, the D to C side. He really wanted to build a lifestyle brand. That was totally fine. But at the end of the day, your company, you got to make money. And 
So I was, you know, determined to, you know, get our revenue flowing through a different uh, source. And, you know, that's really what I did. And, uh, you know, that, that one specific platform that we got listed on the first one, uh, last holiday season gave us a, uh, you know, pre-order of 30,000 units, you know, to kind of meet their holiday demand. And that was, you know, that was December of 2021. So, you know, our first year of within our first year of launching. So I didn't, I would have never thought, you know, within 12 months of launching, you'd get, you know, that type of volume come in. So it was really exciting for me. And again, just kind of came back to the whole, you know, thinking outside of the box and uh, exploring, you know, different avenues uh, for, for the business. That that's amazing. And, you know, that's, that shows that just putting in the hard work and not stopping when you're, you know, the first setback or the first challenge and you know, pushing through that, that's really what it takes to be an entrepreneur, right? And CEO is for you continuously pushing forward, continuing to look for that additional revenue that's coming into your business. You know, you started off at such a young age, you know, what's, what's the one thing you wish someone had told you before you got started and thought going into becoming your own CEO and your own boss? Yeah, I would say, um, I would say like, I wish someone just told me to, um, don't let age play a role in terms of like what you can accomplish. Um, you know, I could, I was, I could talk to someone on the phone when I was 19, 20 years old and they'd have no idea. Um, and so I think that if you can kind of carry that confidence of, um, you know, just being, you're an entrepreneur, you're not a kid in college, you're not a kid who just graduated, like you're an entrepreneur and you just need to push forward with your idea and, you know, present yourself in that professional way. Um, and so don't let, you know, the thought of how old you are limit you. Um, because again, by the time I was in my junior year of college, that's when we secured our first investor for Stick It. We got an angel check for a hundred thousand dollars and all that communication, because I was at school at the time was, you know, had over the phone. Um, and I found out like a year or two later that that investor had no idea I was in college. Um, so that's why it comes back to how you, you know, how do you portray yourself and how do you, you know, present yourself, um, you know, in, in a professional manner? Because I think that if you have the mindset of, um, I'm just this young entrepreneur, you're going to come off as that. And so it's all about, you know, having the confidence to, you know, just kind of declassify yourself and just be you and, and, you know, you're an entrepreneur with a great product. So go out and sell it and then pitch it and, you know, just have that passion behind it. I love it. I love confidence. I mean, that's the one thing that I think everybody needs to really, you know, take in is just be confident in who you are and what you have to offer and everything else will fall in its place. You've, you've shared a ton of valuable information for, for, you know, all ages and all groups. And I really thank you for being on our show today. It's been a huge pleasure to really just talk to you and pick your brain a little bit. Do you have any fun thoughts for our listeners? Yeah. I mean, again, thank you, Pete, for having me today. And, you know, final thoughts to, to anyone listening, I would say, you know, if you have an idea, just be passionate about it, pursue it, make sure, you know, you're surrounding yourself with the right people and, you know, bringing the right people onto the team uh, who are, you know, regardless if they have 1% or 50% of the company, they're equally as motivated because I think that's the best way to, uh, you know, have success in a startup. So just keep pushing forward and uh, don't, let, don't let anything or anyone stop you. Great words of advice. Thanks again, Jackson. It's been a pleasure and you have a great rest of your day. Awesome. Thank you, Pete. You too. Thanks for having me.
Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll use some of the insights provided on today's show to elevate your own business's success. As always, listen and subscribe to Ecom Elevated or follow our Soapbox social media for more amazing advice. I've been your host, Pete, from Soapbox. Have a great week, and we'll see you in the next episode of Ecom Elevated.